It's the Chronicles of Aguna. It's a transfer special and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. It's a transfer special. It's officially our first transfer special of the summer. I'm sure you're going to be sick of them by the time the summer's out. Hopefully Arsenal have a busy window. I'm sure there'll be lots of rumours, even if there isn't that much action uh, in the transfer market when it comes to our club. But as I say, our first dedicated transfer special uh, of the summer. Uh, so welcome. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all doing good. Um, last season was painful. It feels like, you know, we can kind of compartmentalize that and put it in the back of our minds, try and forget about it over the summer, enjoy the Euros, hopefully look forward to some exciting business and business that will see Arsenal progress as a team. Might be wishful thinking, but who knows? At this stage, we don't know. So uh, let's not get carried away with it just yet. But there are some stories doing the rounds with regards to Arsenal and with regards to transfer activity. Now, I know a lot of people are desperate to see Arsenal uh, linked with top quality players, players that are going to come into the side and that are going to instantly change our fortunes. But actually, the two big stories that have emerged today have been with regards to potential outgoings. And those two outgoings being First of all, Hector Bellerin, and secondly, Granit Xhaka. Let's kick off by discussing the report with regards to Hector Bellerin. Uh, it's alleged that Real Betis, uh, of course, the uh, La Liga club who finished sixth this season, are interested in taking Hector Bellerin to Seville. Now, I did a bit of research and a bit of digging into this story a little bit earlier on today. Um, I wrote the story for 90 Men and I published it on the website. Um, but there's quite a few interesting bits and pieces that I'd, I'd never really picked up on before with regards to Hector Bellerin and his existing relationship with Real Betis. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just something that completely went over my head uh, in years gone by. But, but Real Betis and Hector Bellerin have a relationship. Hector Bellerin's father is a huge Real Betis supporter. And apparently, back in 2011, Hector Bellerin spoke of the fact that he would one day like to play for the club, would like to represent the club. Now, I didn't know anything about that. So that was news to me. I don't know if it's news to you guys. But Hector Bellerin, as I say, already has an existing affiliation and existing affection towards Real Betis, who are said to have entered the race for his signature this summer. Now, Real Betis, of course, have European football next season, a UEFA Cup place, Europa League place. That's something that Arsenal can't offer. It also offers Hector Bellerin a route back to his native Spain. And on the surface of it, it seems like a, a, a proposal or a club that might interest him, currently managed by Manuel Pellegrini, could actually end up 
in the Champions League if Real Madrid and Barcelona are sanctioned f- uh, properly for their role in the European Super League. So there's still that possibility as well. The problem with this and the stumbling point with this is that Real Betis, they want Hector Bellerin on loan. They want Hector Bellerin on loan initially with an option to buy the player further down the line. But that is not something uh, that I think will appeal to Arsenal necessarily. Now, Arsenal, of course, will be um, looking to move players on and will be very understanding and very aware of the current climate. The fact that the coronavirus pandemic has significantly hit a number of football clubs, every football club in some way, but some are struggling more than others. And the Spanish game, from what I've, I've been told, is, is a competition that overall, um, you know, have really been hit by, by everything going on uh, with regards to the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Some of you saying in the chat that it should be obligation to buy um, rather than it being an option to buy. And we're going to have to wait and see uh, what the deal is with that. But from my understanding is is that Real Betis have opened contact with Hector Bellerin's representatives, not Arsenal Football Club as of yet. But what they're asking and what they're considering and what they're wanting is they are wanting a, uh, a loan deal with the option to buy Hector Bellerin at the end of it. Interesting. Not sure it's something Arsenal will go for, but there appears to be interest now from Real Betis, as well as Barcelona, who have been previously linked with a move for him, as well as Paris Saint-Germain, who have also been credited with an interest in Hector Bellerin. I think the Paris Saint-Germain link for Hector Bellerin might sort of start to disappear over the coming months, over the coming weeks. And the reason I say that is because they're now alleged to have an interest in Ashraf Hakimi. Of course, Antonio Conte, who we've spoken quite a lot about over the last couple of days on the show, has been told that he needs to sell players, that Inter need to sell players. That's why he subsequently left the club. But it's said that Inter are in desperate need of raising around about 80 to 100 million euros. And Ashraf Hakimi is somebody that may appeal to Paris Saint-Germain. He's somebody that we're hearing they are looking at. I think when they initially came in for Hector Bayer in the possibility of Ashraf Hakimi wasn't a realistic one. Inter had no reason to sell. But now that PSG uh, have, have kind of smelt blood with regards to Inter, are well aware of the situation, understanding that, of course, Inter are in need of raising funds. I think that Paris Saint-Germain, and I'm not just saying this off the off a hunch, I'm basing it on some of the reports I've read over the last 24 hours. I think Paris Saint-Germain will probably prioritise Ashraf Hakimi over Hector Bellerin. Who wouldn't, right? So that means that a deal for Bellerin to PSG could potentially be off the table. And so Arsenal need to do something here to drum up the interest in Bellerin from elsewhere. If, of course, Hector Bellerin is going to leave the club this summer. Now, we've talked a lot about what Hector Bellerin's worth over the last few months. 20 to 25 million was the price that we felt, um, I think probably as a group, that Arsenal should be looking to get for him. I do wonder if the absence of PSG from the race in the event that they do decide to go after Ashraf Hakimi will um, will mean that we can no longer expect that kind of fee, will mean that the clubs left 
to kind of uh, fight one another for for Hector Bellerin's services are going to be clubs in a kind of lower spending bracket and therefore 20 to 25 million pounds is no longer realistic. I don't know. It's really difficult to know exactly how much the pandemic has hit the transfer market in terms of the fees that we're going to see uh, being paid for players over the course of the next few months. So, yeah, really, really interesting to see how that's going to go. But just to bring you guys up to date, Real Betis are interested in Hector Bayer, and that is according to ABC Sevilla. Um, that's where the original source of this report uh, is, is located. That's who it's come from. And ABC Sevilla, as I say, they say that Real Betis want Hector Bellerin, although they their initial offer is likely to be a loan deal with the option to buy him at the end. Will Arsenal go for that? I hope not, because we need to raise money. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers at the moment. And Hector Bellerin clearly isn't somebody that the rest of the clubs will be looking at and saying, well, Arsenal really value this guy and he's a real important part of their plans because he's not played. He's not been playing. So that suggests that Arsenal are resigned to losing him and it suggests that Arsenal are happy to use it, uh, happy to lose him. And therefore, that drives the price down, you would imagine. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this develops, how this pans out. Uh, but it's interesting to note that Real Betis have entered the race for Hector Bayerin. What have you guys got to say in the live comments, in the live chat? What are your thoughts on Hector Bayerin? Uh, how much should Arsenal be looking to, to recuperate for Hector Bellerin? What is a reasonable fee that we should be demanding for a player of Hector Bellerin's quality, Hector Bellerin's age, and Hector Bellerin's, most importantly, experience? Because he's got vast amounts of it uh, for someone of his age. Big hello to everybody in the live chat who's joining us right now. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all good. Um, thank you for, for tuning in, as always. Um, just a quick reminder before we continue and before I go to the comments uh, for your thoughts on Hector Bayerin and the price that Arsenal probably should be looking for. Just a quick reminder that this show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. So if you are in need of some male grooming products, if you want to get that bush sorted out ahead of the upcoming summer, if you're planning to go out on the pool now that life is starting to get back to something like normal, then check out Manscaped, check out their products. Highly recommend the Lawn Mower 3.0. Uh, give it a look. And if you fancy it, give it an order. Use our discount code, which is 19min20, and you'll get yourself 20% off of your total order as well as free shipping. So you stand to save yourself a fair bit of money. Right, let's go back uh, to... Let's go back to the chat box. Uh, what are you guys saying is a reasonable fee with regards to Hector Bellerin? Krish uh, says 20 million. Uh, Josh says 20 to 25 million is acceptable. David Mars says he's sick of loans. We need money. When are we going to start acting like a big club? Agreed. Uh, Matt goes on to say he'd want 25 million uh, for uh, Hector Bayerin. That's kind of what I was originally thinking, but now I'm looking at it, I'm kind of wondering if that's realistic or if it's a little bit over the top. I, I don't know. You know, we're looking at, when we were looking at selling him to Paris Saint-Germain, and I'm not saying that deal is completely off of the table, but when we were looking at selling him to Paris Saint-Germain, I think it was reasonable to expect them 
to pay a little bit of a PSG premium, if you like, just like the way Manchester City do when they go after players, because people are well aware of their wealth. People often hold on that little bit longer and push them as far as they can in order to try and get as much money as they possibly can uh, for those players. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, if that changes dramatically if Paris Saint-Germain are no longer in the race. Uh, Craig Barlow's gone with 20 to 25 million as well. Seems to be the general consensus at the moment. Same from uh, Dyer. Forluso says, believe me, I'll take 20 million for Bellerin. I don't rate him at all. All he had going for him was his speed. And after his injury, he lost that. Uh, Alex McCarthy says it will be just under 20 million pounds with add-ons if clubs are still struggling. Uh, just going back to the um, the uh, the Manscaped ad, <laughs> the promo I just gave you. Reggie says, is that a personal experience, Harry? You'll never know, mate. <laughs> uh, let's see what else you guys are saying. Bad Boy says 5 million tops. Uh, Damien says... 25 million is unrealistic in today's market. Um, you know, I don't, I don't doubt that. Tom Hickey, one of our members, says loans are okay for younger players to get experience, but senior players with years of experience and are not in the plans really need to be sold. 20 million euros tops, I reckon. So we're all kind of around about the 20 million euro mark. That's what uh, we set out at. I wonder if it's going to be a bit lower. I mean, I, I'm going to actually shift. Uh, what my prediction was and my prediction was 20 to 25 I'm gonna say now you're probably looking at 15 to 18 if I'm honest I, I just I just feel like um that is more realistic in this current market and as I keep saying if Paris Saint-Germain do which they might well because he's a better player turn their focus to Ashraf Hakimi and they come out of the equation I think the whole sort of level of of transfer fee that we'll be looking for just drops dramatically off the back of that because PSG, as I say, are a club who are willing to pay and have the money to pay. If you're dealing with the likes of Real Betis and with all due respect to them, you're then talking about a, a, a different type of club and you're talking about a, a lower transfer fee, in my opinion. I mean, they, they want to loan him, which tells you all you need to know about where they are financially. Of course, they're going to lose Emerson um, this summer. It's looking increasingly likely. You know, if Arsenal could do some kind of deal that incorporated Emerson, you know, you'd be grateful. But that situation is a complicated one because Barcelona own a percentage of the player. So what would need to happen would be Real Betis to buy out uh, the remainder uh, of Emerson's ownership to make him fully a Real Betis player, if you like. And then they'd be able to do business with us over him. So really complex scenarios, not very likely. Uh, big hello to Kim B, who's just signed up to become a member of the channel. Kim, thank you so much uh, for your very, uh, very kind support. Really, really appreciate it. And welcome to the membership scheme. Make sure that you hit the Discord server and join all the brilliant people in there uh, for a chat on all things Arsenal uh, whenever you feel like it. Right, uh, let's move on. So we've talked about Hector Bellerin and the alleged interest from Real Betis. Let's move on to another Arsenal player who is being linked with a move away. And that Arsenal player is, of course, not everybody's cup of tea, uh, but he is somebody that I rate probably more so than most. Uh, but it's Granit Xhaka. Granit Xhaka, according to various sources in Italy, uh, is the subject of some interest from AS Roma. Of course, they will be managed by Jose Mourinho next season. And it seems that Jose Mourinho is keen 
on the idea of taking Granit Xhaka from North London across to the Italian capital. Uh, Fabrizio Romano has tweeted earlier on today. He does credit the initial report to Gianluca Di Marzio, uh, but he says Granit Xhaka has a chance to leave Arsenal this summer, as does Willian, as does Hector Bellerin and many other players. He says AS Roma are interested in signing him and have opened talks with his agents. Jose Mourinho wants him. Uh, also, the, there are Bundesliga clubs in the race. Now, from what I've read from the original uh, report from Gianluca Di Marzio, it's understood that Arsenal are looking for around about £21.5 million pounds, uh, for Granit Xhaka, but that Roma are going to start the negotiations uh, at a, a lower price tag. Uh, they don't feel that they can probably stretch that far, uh, but they're going to try their luck and they're going to tr- see if they can test Arsenal's resolve and force Arsenal into a uh, slightly cheaper deal. It's no surprise to you guys that watch or listen to this podcast regularly that I am one of the people that has defended Granite Xhaka. And it's never been because I think he's the best midfield player in the world. It's never been because I don't recognize that Granite Xhaka has shortcomings. It's simply because Granite Xhaka is somebody who, whether you like him or not, is undeniably important to this to this team at the minute. Now, if you're going to sell Granit Xhaka and you're going to go out and bring in two top-class midfielders, then I've got absolutely no issue with it. But I'm always worried that when Arsenal do this, that the incompetence shown in the past will just lead to us signing another Granit Xhaka or worse, or somebody who isn't up to standard. I know you've got to move these players on eventually, and there are a lot of players within the group that you have to move on. My my thing here, though, is that when I looked at the Arsenal squad, and I've done a, a few members-only videos, uh, the first one came out last week, the second one comes out tomorrow, and I talk about the midfield in a lot of detail in that one. It's, it's who needs to go, who needs to stay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, my big worry is that when I looked at the overall squad and tried to identify the areas in which we desperately needed to improve, Granite Xhaka was not at the top of my list when it comes to players that Arsenal need to move on. And that's for a number of reasons. Why? Because his contract is not in a precarious situation in terms of how long it has to run, because I think he's been probably Arsenal's most consistent midfield player this season. I think he's been Arsenal's best midfield player this season. I think he's constantly been fit. Um, which is obviously a testament to him, given the number of games he's played. I think he's got the right attitude in terms of his demeanour around the place, in terms of his desire to succeed, in terms of the fact that he did suffer that massive setback with that whole incident against Crystal Palace, but managed to come back from it and bettered himself off of the back of it. You know, it's... For me, getting rid of Granit Xhaka is only okay if you're going to replace him with somebody better. And a distrust that I have towards this... uh, towards this football club, towards the board, towards the management that's developed over the years means right now I can't see where we go to upgrade on Granite Xhaka without completely breaking the bank. And even, you know, 20 million pounds or 20 million euros, whatever the price is being touted, doesn't feel like enough for me when you consider his importance to the team. Everybody's seen that, 
you know, when we're at our best, when we've been at our best this season, it's been largely with him and Thomas Partey in midfield. That is Arsenal's strongest pairing. And when you consider that Matteo Genduzzi's future is up in the air, that Lucas Torreira's future is up in the air, that Danny Sabaos has already left the club, you can't help but be concerned for Arsenal's midfield. And you can't help but think that we need to be adding players rather than losing players in that area of the pitch. Now, is this part of a bigger plan? Is this part of a plan to go out and really upgrade and, and selling Granite Xhaka allows us to do that? Then if that's the case, then you can't really argue with it. It's just until you see the the back end of that plan, until you see that plan completed, until you see uh, you know the, the end result, the end goal, it's very hard to trust the people at this football club who are in charge of this sort of thing to get the decision right. They've got it wrong so many times in the past, so you can forgive my scepticism. Uh, big thank you to Innie for your very kind Super Chat donation, mate. He says, Harry, what a postseason. Started off with so many managerial changes with that come available players. Hope you're ready for a busy summer. Cheers. It is going to be a busy one, isn't it? It's going to be an absolutely mad one. Uh, Sky are reporting that Sky Italy are saying that uh, Roma have open talks uh, with Arsenal over Granit Xhaka. And, you know, that that fits with with what we're saying here. Um and, and look, from Granite Xhaka's personal point of view, would you blame him for wanting to, to leave Arsenal Football Club? I think he's been bad at times. I think he's let us down at certain moments. But I think overall, he's been made a scapegoat more than he should have been. Um, a lot of people are going to get get pissed off with this. But I actually think Arsenal bottled it by not putting him in that list of five players up for the nomination of, of player of the season. Because I think this season... Maybe more so because other people haven't been up to their usual levels. But Granit Xhaka has to be in that conversation. I think the club have absolutely bottled that. Maybe from fear of, of the backlash on social media. I don't know. But whatever the reason is, I believe it's wrong that Granit Xhaka has not at least been considered in the conversation for Arsenal's player of the season. I'm not saying he should win it. But if you're going to list five names, he should be in that five probably around about the middle of that five, because he's been consistent. He's been good for the most part. He's had a couple of moments, but who hasn't in an Arsenal shirt this season? So yeah, uh, that's where I'm at on that. Let's see what you guys are saying with regards to the reports linking Granite Xhaka with a move to Rome, where he will join up with Jose Mourinho. Uh, Kim says, I think Xhaka would absolutely flourish in the slower Serie A, but I would rather offload El Nenny if I were to upgrade on Xhaka in the summer. That's exactly how I feel. I think it would suit Granit Xhaka to go to somewhere like Serie um, But, you know, for me, you know, you'd argue that, that Mohamed Elneny wouldn't bring in the same fee and, that, and that's why they're not selling him. But to go and replace Granit Xhaka and bring in someone better than Granit Xhaka, you need 30, 35, 40 million pounds. So it's going to require investment on top. If Arsenal have identified someone and feel that selling Granit Xhaka is the only way that they can get that done, then I'll back it. But the right player has to come in. And that's the key here. That is the key. Uh, Bad Boy says Granit is worth more than Bellerin. Completely agree. Um, Brad says I'm going to get stick for this, but Xhaka is going to be expensive to replace. That's exactly how I feel as well. Um, Steve Stone says yet another player that receives a bad press. We're not the same when he's not playing. I completely agree. Uh, Matt says, I think Xhaka is extremely undervalued, 
by some of our fans. Other than Partey, he's our best midfielder. He's important to our game. Uh, Olivier says, selling selling Xhaka without getting Bissouma is a no-go. Christian says, Xhaka is our bootleg Jordan Henderson. Um, Faye Monroe says, why do we have to sign two world-class midfielders if we are not even getting rid of one? Well, this report and, and the rumours are that we are getting rid of one. We are getting rid of Granite Xhaka. We're going to be getting rid of Lucas Torreira as well. Matteo Genduzzi may well come back and play next season. But Matteo Genduzzi, let's not forget, has just one year remaining of his contract, which could entice Arsenal into selling him as well. So a lot is up in the air when it comes to the midfield. That's the biggest priority position for me. We need a, we need a centre midfielder. We need a backup left back and we need a right back. If we can get those three positions, anything else that Arsenal do in the transfer market would be a bonus. But those are the priorities, the midfield more so than any other area. And that's why I talk about Arsenal needing to bring in a number of midfielders. Uh, Damien says, I'm concerned about Xhaka leaving because I do not trust Arsenal to sign the right replacements. Uh, Matthew says, Xhaka has had a good season. I think a change for both parties, though, might be the best. Um, what else have we got? Um just uh, picking up some of your uh, comments. One Guna says, by Xhaka, never been good enough in an Arsenal shirt. Uh, wasn't good enough in an Arsenal shirt. Hasn't been for large periods, but I think he was better. Um, I think he was better in the second half of the season. Uh, sorry, he was better this season, I should say, uh, than he has been in any other season wearing an Arsenal shirt. Uh, let's see what else we've got here in the comments. I can see some of you asking about Genduzi's comments. Have you seen the comments from Genduzi on Twitter? He's not coming back. Matt, just let me know. Are you referring to his comments about Unai Emery um, and going on to win the Europa League? Because I saw that this morning and I, th I felt a little bit like it was Matteo Genduzi kind of trying to stick, uh, stick the knife in. Um, I know that, you know, there are rumours of talks uh, ongoing with Matteo Genduzzi going back to France. And I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. Matteo Genduzzi, as I say, will enter the final year of his contract next season. And in which case his, his transfer value will dip dramatically. But it feels like there's going to be a bit of a mass exodus at Arsenal. And we, we thought we were seeing one in January. Well, this one is going to exceed that by the looks of it. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's that. those are the updates. Hector Bellerin. Uh, Real Betis are interested in taking him to the club, a club with whom he has family connections, family ties and a affection and affiliation uh, from when he was growing up. Uh, we've got Granit Xhaka linked with a move to Roma. Matteo Genduzzi, as I've just mentioned, has been linked with a, a move back to France with Marseille, I think, specifically. Um, but yeah, lo lots of lots of transfer talk, lots of... Uh, business kind of in the pipeline, even if it is mostly outgoings at the moment. But yeah, let me know your thoughts. Get any questions that you have as well in the live chat. In the meantime, while you do that, while you're filling up the chat box, uh, just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the channel. When I started the video, we were around about uh, 40 or 50 subscribers away from hitting... Um, from hitting 13 and a half thousand. I'm, I, I want to get to that 
rounded number i hate not being on a rounded number uh so if you could subscribe to the channel if you're new i'd be incredibly appreciative of that uh also if you haven't smashed the like button yet on this video what on earth are you waiting for uh there's over 300 of you watching us live right now across the multiple platforms and there are only 59 likes on the video so please if you haven't done so already do that it doesn't cost a thing and it really really helps uh, let's go over to the live chat. Let's get some of those questions in. And let's start with a question from Lewis, which is a really good question. Uh, Harry, do you not think Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, Pepe, Lacazette, Tierney and Gabriel all outperformed Xhaka this year? Answer, straight answer, no, um, I don't. And I'll give you the reasons and I'll break it down individually with each of the players that you've mentioned as to why. Um and and we'll kind of go from there. Starting with with Bukayo Saka, he has Bukayo Saka would be my player of the season. Not going to debate that one. Emil Smith Rowe has been very very good, but I think it's very hard to give the player of the season to someone who was non-existent or not part of the plan or not part of the setup prior to Christmas. Nicolas Pepe is another player who's done it at certain periods over the course of the season, but hasn't delivered every single week. And I, we can go into the debate about why that is and whether that's Mikel Arteta's fault. And I acknowledge that there is a debate to be had there. I've actually defended Pepe quite a bit over the course of the season. But again, another player who's only done it in patches. Uh, Lacazette is a shout for me and probably goes in second for me uh, behind Bukayo Saka because he's really improved this season. Yes, he still missed some chances. Yes, some of them have been at crucial moments, but that is Alexander Lacazette for you. Not the most clinical striker in the world, but I think what he's brought to the table in terms of his overall game, in terms of bringing others into play, in terms of working hard, carrying out the manager's instructions, he is a shout. He's actually up there for me. Um, Tierney, injury problems. You know, in, uh, Tierney, when he plays, always produces a really high level of performance. And I'm not trying to take that away from him but I do I do think that you know some injuries are down to to bad fortune and some injuries are down to bad luck but I do think part of being a really top player is to be able to stay fit a lot of the time to look after yourself to be well conditioned that's something that Granit Xhaka has that whether you love love him or hate him you cannot deny um and as for Gabriel well I think Gabriel is another player who's done it for a few games here and there, but in the second half of the season, hasn't been anywhere near as good as he was in the first half of the season or in the first sort of few months of the season. So I don't think all of those players have a, have outperformed Granite Xhaka. I think consistency is a big deal. And I think that Granite Xhaka probably slots in somewhere on that list after after Saka and after Laka. Um, because of that, because of the longevity, because he's done it for months and months and months. And that is really, really important. Nine months of the season, for the most part, he has been fit. He has been available. He's played in all the competitions. He's given it his absolute all. And I think that needs to bloody be taken into consideration. But it's a great question, Lewis. Thank you. Um, brilliantly put. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Alex says, if Xhaka has been our best midfielder over the last year or so, 
Does that say to a lot of fans about how poor our recruitment has been in that area? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, what else have we got here? Steve Stone says, do you feel this transfer window will define us for the next five years or so? I, I think, Steve, that we're not going to see such a huge player turnover in such a short period of time again for a while. So it's important that we do it right. I mean, if you think back to kind of, you know, I use Spurs as an example. If you think back to when they sold Gareth Bale, it was very much right. This is our time now to really push on and really build a team. And they made six or seven signings that summer. And I think barring one of them, which might have been Christian Eriksen, the rest of them were, were poor. And so it's all good turning over players, but the business has to be the right business. You have to be bringing in the right people to replace those that you're letting go. And only when you do that, will you move forward as a team? So it could define us um, for sure, you know, and it could define us in either way. It could see us go backwards. It could see us move forwards. Fingers crossed it sees us move forwards. But as I say, I, it's not that I don't look at some of these players and think they need to go or, or that we do need to upgrade on them. And as J.O. Forces in the chat, Xhaka has, a, has had a good season, but sometimes it's just time for players to move on. I completely and utterly agree with that. But I'm only happy to allow those players to move on. I say allow, not that I've got any say, but I'm only happy for those players to move on if I believe that the club are going to do what's necessary in order to replace them with better players and players that can take us forward. And I, I don't have that trust in Arsenal at the moment, which is a big, big problem. Um, Andy Arsenal says, if Xhaka burnt Harry's house, he would thank him for the warmth and fire insurance. What a ridiculous comment. <laughs> what a ridiculous comment. Um, Marshall B says, can you do a deeper dive on the backroom staff, ins and outs at some point? I feel like we don't have a really good picture about what's going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. Uh, let me make a note of that. That's something we could definitely do, particularly over the summer when there's no games. Um, no games to cover, which, you know, I'm one of these people, right? I know a lot of kind of people who run podcasts or do YouTube or, or whatever that, you know, do it around or center it around a football team or around, um, you know, the, the game in general, quite enjoy the transfer season, quite enjoy the transfer talk. I don't, I prefer to talk about actual football. And, and so, you know, we're going to have, um, we're going to have plenty of time where, we're going to be discussing other things apart from actual games of football. And so, yeah, for sure, I can pick up that idea. Um, let me see. Uh, I think I might have missed a super chat here, according to Myron. Let me just uh, scroll back and see if I can uh, find it. Just bear with me a second. Uh, he asks, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Have you guys, Arsenal, been linked to Chuameni? Uh, he's talking about um, Aurelien Chuameni, who uh, currently plays his football in France, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, AS Monaco, defensive-minded midfielder. I've not seen anything uh, with regards to that, Myron, um, with regards to Arsenal being linked with Chuameni specifically, but I'd imagine it's a position... Uh, that Arsenal will be um, will be looking to strengthen in uh, during this, the course of this transfer window. So let's see. Uh, but not to my knowledge, no, I, do, I don't know of Arsenal uh, being linked or being 
you know, uh, particularly interested in this player. I've, I, I don't know if I'm honest. I've not read anything. I've not been told anything and I've not heard over anything. But it's one I'll keep an eye on now that you've mentioned it. And of course, thank you for your very, very kind uh, Super Jack donation. It's really helpful. Right. Uh, I'm going to pick out one more question. Uh, this one comes from Marble Halls TV. Would you sign a centre-back to help Gabriel and Marie? Um, a centre-back wouldn't be a priority for me because you've got Holding there. You've got Gabriel, Marie, as you've mentioned, who have both looked okay. You've got William Saliba to come back. You know, so you've got four centre-backs there. You've also got Callum Chambers, who I know kind of prefers to play at right-back at the moment and has been playing right-back. But I believe could slot in there if you really, really needed him to as well. Um, so that's 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 how I see the centre-back situation. I think if someone became available, the price was right and Arsenal could do it, then by all means, you know, you can never have too many quality centre-backs. But I, I, I don't think it would be a priority if I was in charge. Um, it's probably for the best that I'm not. But I think that we probably would uh, would kind of park the centre-back thing for now because of the players that we have and because of the players that we have to return from loan as well. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but me personally, would I do it? As I say, if the price was right, if the right option came along, then yeah, I would. Uh, but it's. Um, it's not at the top of my list, but thank you for your question, mate. Albert, how are you doing? Make sure you check out Albert's channel. Click on him in the comment section. Head over there and check it out. He says, yes, Harry, my guy. I've wanted to ask you for ages, but what are your reservations about Yves Bissouma coming to Arsenal? Whatever your answer is, you will still be my mate. <laughs> um, what are my reservations about Yves Bissouma? Um, I think so... Some of my reservations are as follows. I think, number one, he is he is a little bit similar to Thomas Partey in that mobility seems to be, mobility and physicality, I should say, seem to be his two biggest areas of strength. And I'd, in an ideal world, because I'm a big believer in balance in a football team, would prefer a little bit more technical quality alongside Thomas Partey. Look, we've gone big on Thomas Partey, right? We've made that signing. So now you have to you have to compliment that signing. And I actually think someone who's a little bit more technically gifted would complement Thomas Partey a little bit better. I think that Yves Bissouma's price is going to be quite substantial. I think Brighton know that their player is wanted by a number of clubs. I think we're also going to face competition from clubs who are probably more appealing to somebody like Yves Bissouma right now than Arsenal, i.e. Liverpool, who are in the Champions League, who won the Premier League the season before last. Um, so, taking all of that into account, taking into account that in my mind, the midfield I want to see includes somebody a little bit more technical than Bissouma next to Partey. That's just my opinion. Along with the fact that 
I think you could probably find somebody close to Bisuma's level on the continent. And as I say, I'm going to put some shows together looking at potential targets. I think you could find players of Bisuma's ilk for cheaper than 35, 40 million pounds. And I think in a summer when Arsenal need to bring in a number of players, it will be important that we get the right deals, the right players in and for the right prices. And I think too much emphasis is placed on this whole idea of signing players and the need to sign players who are Premier League proven. Why the hell do you need to be Premier League proven? A Premier League club hasn't beat a La Liga club in a European final for what? How many seasons? A long, long time. There's this snobbery among Premier League fans and Premier League clubs that we our league is so much better than everybody else's. No, it's not. It's, a, it's more technical. Uh, sorry, it's more physical. But tactically, it's not as advanced as some of the other leagues, i.e. Serie A. You know, you, you talk about the top clubs. Yeah, Man City, Chelsea, of course, they're capable of, um, of of tactically being incredibly astute, being incredibly advanced. But in general, there are more tactical leagues than the Premier League out there. You look at um, you look at all of that and, and you think, well, why should we have to pay this premium? Why should we have to pay well on top to get Yves Bissouma just because he's played in the Premier League? At the end of the day, he's been playing around the bottom of the Premier League with Brighton and Hove Albion. Does he know what the pressure's like to play at a, at a huge football club where there's demand week in, week out? I would argue someone who plays for a top club in Italy or a top club in Spain or a, you know, a big club in any of those countries will have more experience of playing under pressure than Yves Bissouma does. So, you know, when people ask me about this, it's not that I, I I completely write him off or I don't think he's a good player. I think he's a decent player. I do. I just don't think that if we are limited in what we can spend this summer, which we will be, that you can go out there and and spend 40, 45 million pounds on this player just because he is Premier League proven, just because he might adapt quicker. And when you say quicker, I mean, how, look, look how many good players come in from overseas every season and don't need that time to embed in. There's plenty of them out there. People always point to the... Um, to the examples of those who come here and struggle, but there are plenty who come here and do well and do hit the ground running. And equally, there are plenty of players who move from one Premier League club to another and then cannot find their feet again because they're playing in a different system and under a different manager. So um, let's see. Let's see. I'm not... Look, if Arsenal sign Yves Bissouma, I won't be disappointed. I'd actually probably be quite pleased. I'm... All I've ever said is that I'm not 150% sure that Arsenal should go and smash their transfer budget to pieces to get Yves Bissouma in when, as a player, in terms of his profile, it's not what I would prefer, but that's my personal preference. And, you know, that... And and just because he's Premier League proven, that that's my view. If he comes in and does well, I'd be happy for him to prove me wrong. Of course, 
But I just think that Arsenal have to be smart in the transfer market. And I think Bissouma at £40 million. Pounds. I know there's been reports of, of um, you know, Brighton allowing him to, to leave for less than that. But if there are a couple of clubs interested, Brighton are not stupid. They're going to they're gonna push it. You know, they're going to do what they can to get the maximum. And I just think that that maximum that we're talking about is probably a little bit too great a risk to take, in my opinion, in my view. But that is my view. And um, of course, you are fully entitled to disagree with that view, as always. Right. Um, I'm going to leave it there because it is... Uh, it's 10 to 6 here in the UK. Almost time for dinner. Almost time to sit down, put my feet up and chill out for the evening, which I'm uh, really, really uh, looking forward to this evening. It's been, you know, I thought when the football season ended that work would kind of drop off and it hasn't. It's it's a good thing. Obviously, I'm not complaining, but it's it's been just as tiring. I wonder if over the next few weeks things will go into a little bit of a lull. Uh, let's see. Now, I'm just going to touch on a couple of comments, actually, because there's a couple of comments here. Uh, that I, I need to address here uh, before I go. I was going to just end it there, but I have to pick these up. We got this one first. Um, Theoni Manny TV, if I said that right. Harry, if the club followed your advice, we would be 16th next season. You don't rate Basuma, but you rate Shaka. At no point have I said that I don't rate Basuma. Um, not said that for a second. I've just said that I think £40 million on Basuma is a gamble. Um and there's no guarantee somebody who's shining in a small pond, i.e. Brighton and Hove Albion, can translate that into performing at a big club like Arsenal, where wherever we are in the table, there is an expectation. I believe that if you're going to rebuild this Arsenal team, you cut the squad right down as small as you can. And I would rather you buy two or three players this season of a higher calibre as opposed to going out and buying six or seven okay ones, six or seven good ones. That's important to me. I think that if you're going to rebuild, you rebuild properly. You don't do things half-assed. And I think if you were to jump in and spend £40 million on Yves Bissouma, then that's lazy. That's lazy scouting because there will be players on the continent who can do what Bissouma does, who have the same physical attributes, who have the same technical quality, who have the same work rate, the same enthusiasm, available for much less than that, I can assure you. Uh, what else? And there was one other one uh, that I was going to pick up um, before I go. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Where did it go? Where did it go? Anyway, doesn't matter. Can't find it. Uh, welcome to those of you in the chat who are saying that you've just found the channel. Brilliant to have you. Uh, thank you. Welcome to the family. Uh, don't forget to smash the subscribe button. Uh, smash a like on the video as well. It really, really does help. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the first uh, transfer news. Specific, uh, what am I, I going to call it? Our first transfer specific podcast of the summer. Uh, there's going to be... Um, there's going to be loads. There's going to be loads to come uh, over the next few months. I'm sure there's going to be lots of those kind of debates, uh, which are great. Lots of those disagreements, uh, lots of those conversations, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so I'll catch you all very soon with more Arsenal content. 
Until next time, take care of yourselves and stay safe. Up the Arsenal. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.